Good morning. Good morning. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. It's a blessing to be back here in Wichita Falls. We're, with grateful hearts, we're thankful for your partnership in the gospel. And uh, we count you as part of the team that God has put together to see um, a local church being planted and established in northern Chile. And uh, we count it a privilege and a great responsibility to be here this weekend to remind you that our God is good and great and uh, he transforms lives. And uh, in this passage this morning, um, what I would like to do is the following. Um, to remind us of two examples in this text that we should follow. Uh, in your bulletin, um, if you so desire to take notes, um, the two um, points are there. We would like to see in this text two examples. Number one, the perfect example of Christ in his intentional interaction with the lost. That's point number one that we will look at. And number two, the example of the Samaritan woman in her enthusiastic witness about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. John chapter 4, um, to many, will be a familiar passage. It's the account of Jesus going through Samaria and interacting with the Samaritan woman. Allow me to read most of the chapter and occasionally pause the text to make a few comments. And then at the end of this message, I'd like to show you some pictures of real people in Antofagasta that their lives have been changed. And then we will end our time this morning together. John chapter 4. Uh, let me start in verse 3. He, Christ, left Judah and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living, living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. 
But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Allow me to press pause in the text. We live in a culture, 21st century, post-modern, post-Christian culture, where we interact or we see and we know many, many people who are spiritually thirsty and spiritually hungry. They are searching for answers. They're, they're trying to fill a hole in their heart that only Christ can fill and satisfy. In Antofagasta, what that may look like is they're searching for power, possessions, a certain property, marrying up, having stature, substances, drugs, alcohol, trying to satisfy their longing that's in their heart. They don't, they don't know what will fill it. Christ is a wonderful example here in the text of taking a common conversation about water. I'm thirsty. Will you give me something to drink? And changing it intentionally to the most important topic in the world. Living water. Eternal life. Christ was revealing himself to this woman. Let's unpause and go back to the text. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> kind of like, how did you know? Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you, will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I am the Messiah. Here we see Christ revealing himself as the Messiah to this Samaritan woman who came alone at the sixth hour 
because in the text we kind of put the pieces together, she did not have a great reputation. She had some marital issues in her past. A train wreck. Multiple train wrecks in her life. But Christ intentionally went through Samaria for a purpose. The Jews did not go through Samaria. They were like... Um, they, they had differences in theology. We see that they had different practices for worship. The Jews did not want to go through Samaria. They viewed the Samaritans as dogs. But that didn't matter to Christ. He saw even the Samaritans as souls that needed a savior. And he was sent to this world to reveal himself as the Messiah. We see that the Lord asked this lady to go call your husband and come back. She eventually did go back to the city. We continue reading. Uh, let me find it. Here it is. Um, so the woman left her water jar, verse 28, and went away into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who has told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out to, to, of the town and were coming to him. Skip towards 38, 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him, believed on the Messiah, because of the woman's testimony, he told me all that I ever did. This verse is encouraging to me. It says, many Samaritans from that town believed on the Messiah because of this woman's testimony. Hey, guys, drop what you're doing. Come with me. You got to meet this guy. He just told me every... You guys know that I've been with multiple men in my... He already knew. Could this be the Messiah? Come meet him. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. So when the Samaritans, verse 40, came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Another encouraging verse, verse 41. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves from him. And we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. Here we see point number one, our, the perfect example of our Lord Jesus Christ in his intentional Interaction with the unsaved. He went through Samaria. He didn't have to do that. He stayed in the town two extra days. He didn't have to do that. He shared more and more with them about himself. He transformed their lives as only Christ can do. As a missionary in South America... It is not because of my personality, charisma, or character that people are getting saved. Um, it is not because of your charisma or personality that people are saved here in this city. God saves people, but he obviously wants to use us 
in the ministry. We need to follow Christ's perfect example in our intentional interaction with the unsaved. And that's what I would like to underscore and remind us and challenge us all, even in this pandemic, that we need to be intentional in interacting with the unsaved. Now, in this pandemic, we can be very creative in how we do that. Um, we all have family members, I'm sure, that are unsaved in our immediate or extended family. We can and should start there. We can and should move from there to our coworkers that we see every day or we interact with every day. People who need the Lord. People in this community that you see at the grocery store, in the community, in the stores that you shop, I hope that you have an intentional interaction with them. It is one thing, and I know that this church has emphasized the, what I'm going to say, and I applaud this greatly. It is an important thing for you to be plugged into this local church and to interact and fellowship and have um, discipleship opportunities with believers. The New Testament is very clear in the importance of interacting with those of the household of faith, right? Continue to do that. What I'm trying to underscore here in this text brings out is if we are only doing that, only hanging out with Christians, only fellowshipping with Christians, we're missing part of the whole. We need to interact with a, a purpose of sharing the gospel, we need to intentionally interact with the unsaved. My question to myself and to you is, how, how am I doing? How are we doing? Are we intentional in our effort, in our calendar, in our schedule, in interacting with unsaved people? I would hope that you are capitalizing opportunities as the Lord gives you the opportunity to develop a relationship with your coworkers or your classmates or your neighbors or people in this community. We need to follow Christ's perfect example in that. Secondly, we see the example of the Samaritan woman. After Christ transformed her life, what was her reaction? She went to the town and said, Drop what you're doing. Come and meet the guy who just transformed my life. This is the Christ. We see the example of the Samaritan woman in her enthusiastic witness about the Messiah. Question. At this point in this lady's life, after being transformed by the Lord Jesus himself, did she know all points of theology? What was she saying to her fellow townsmen, townspeople? You guys got to meet this guy. He's just transformed my life. In, in many words, that's what she was saying. You got to come meet this guy. Kind of like what the testimony of the blind man in the Gospels. Listen, all I know is yesterday I was blind and now I'm not. And he did it. I think... It is easy for us to use a justification of, well, I'm not quite sure that I know all points of you fill in a doctrine. 
doctrine of salvation, doctrine of the church, doctrine of the end times. I, I better not really start talking because uh, I'm gonna, I don't know everything. Well, welcome to the club. We don't, we don't know everything. But we should follow this example of the Samaritan woman and we should be at least enthusiastic still that the Lord has transformed our life. May it never be said of us as believers that we complain, that we gripe, that we are spewing hate. We should be gracious in our words, specifically in this culture of rage that we live in. We see Christ was very gracious with this woman, but pointed in what he said about living water and the source of eternal life himself. In your notes here, I put a couple of questions for you to interact with this afternoon or this week, and I encourage you to do that. Um, one of them says, um, share some personal examples of people you are currently talking to about Christ. It's good to have a short list of actual real names of people that you are actually intentionally trying to interact with. I encourage you then to share them with others in this church. Hey, pray for me. I'm, I'm talking with Bob at work or on the base or at school. Pray for me. And I would hope that other believers throughout the weeks would say, hi, how's Bob doing? We, we need that interaction. Maybe some of us, after hearing this statement, share some personal examples of people you are currently talking to. Maybe your answer is, you know what? I'm not. What a great time to start. And what are some specific names or current evangelism or discipleship situations that we can pray for you this week? Those are great things to share with the body of Christ here at this church. Two very simple examples, but with profound implications. Following Christ's perfect example of his intentional interaction with the lost, how are you doing with your intentionality of interacting with people who need to hear, just like the Samaritan woman, about the gospel? And the example of the Samaritan woman, she was enthusiastic Christ just changed my life. Do you still have that enthusiasm and zeal to share what Christ is doing in your life? That is my challenge to you. That's my encouragement to you. It's very, very important for us to follow these two examples in this text, John chapter 4. I'd like to share a little bit of a story, a slice, if you will, of how Christ has transformed lives in the church in Antofagasta. You may or may not remember in a, in a previous furlough, I shared how God transformed the life of Edgar. He got saved at West Virginia University as he was studying one year. He was studying engineering and mining. He's from Antofagasta. And the Lord saved him while he was studying in the States. He moved back to Antofagasta after his year studying in the States, and he was 
uh, one of our first Timothys in the, in the, in the church in Antofagasta. And his then-girlfriend, Anna, from the Ukraine, noticed the change in his life. What happened to you when you went to the States? You are a different man. Edgar was able to share with Anna um, about his salvation, about Jesus Christ, about the gospel. We got to meet Anna very early on after we moved to Antofagasta in 2011. And over a series of conversations and um, times with her, she started coming to Bible studies. The Lord saved Anna. The Lord saved Edgar's mom. We've told that story a couple furloughs ago. I would like to continue the story. Edgar works for a telephone company. Think like an AT&T type of situation. He works in a cubicle with other coworkers, and he started to work with this lady, Natalia, single lady with a, a son, Joaquin, who's about 11, same age as Lucas, our son. And Edgar started to share um, in his conversations with his co-workers, uh, portions of scripture, open-ended questions about um, what is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Natalia, who was a practicing Catholic, uh, was confused and she did not have good answers for Edgar's questions. She was intrigued and confused and curious. Edgar and Anna invited Natalia and her son to come to the church service, that the little church that Edgar Nana started going to in our home. Natalia started to come. She's over a period of time hearing gospel content being preached, meeting other believers. The Lord saved Natalia. Natalia was one of the candidates for baptism that we showed in Sunday school. And it was really, really exciting to see and have a first first row seat in God's working in these people's lives. To see her stand on the beach and say, I profess Christ. On that day where she was baptized, her dad was with her, Renee. Renee is 67, 68 right now. When he was 50, walking through downtown Antofagasta, on a whim, he started to, well, he bought some drugs and for 16 years was a drug addict. Destroyed his family's relationships. Destroyed his life. Natalia was very bitter with her dad. Did not have a great relationship but Christ transformed Natalia's life. And Natalia picked up the phone and called her dad. Dad, um, haven't talked to you for a while, but I want you to know that I'm a Christian. Um, I want you to start coming to a little church that I started going to. I'm learning a lot. This church opens the Bible and preaches from it. Will you come? Very similar to the Samaritan woman. You come and see what I have just saw. I've been transformed. Renee at the time was in a rehabilitation center trying to get his life back on his feet. 
and he had some homework assignments, you know, to recoup his relationship with his family in the, you know, their 12-step program or whatever, whatever it was. So he said, you know what, I'll go. It'll kind of be a two-for-one. Two for I'll, 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 I'll accept your invitation, but I'll also kind of complete my homework assignment. I did something with my daughter. From the Sunday that he came till now, unless he was sick or on a trip, he has never missed a service. He sits in the front row. There you see him here in the front row. Starting to hear what the Bible has to say about his condition and his sin problem and the hope of forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And over a period of months and conversations and friendships with the believers, Renee accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Hallelujah. Can you imagine the joy of Natalia? Can you imagine the joy of Edgar and Anna? Can you imagine our joy? Watching this unfold. I meet with Renee every Thursday. It's one of my favorite evenings. Um, you open up scripture, and I don't care if it's Samson or Saul, it's new to him. Um... In discipleship, it's a two-way street. Discipleship is never, Renee, I'm going to disciple you. The Lord has used Renee in my life to force me back to the book. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm fluent in Christianese. I'm fluent in the cliches. I can't get away with that with him. Pastor, show me in the Bible where, where that concept what are you talking about? Show me in scripture. That forces me back to scripture. The Lord has used Renee in my life. One thing that he's totally ticked off about is that he blew his brain away on drugs. He wants to memorize this book. And he feels like his brain is a sieve. Boy, that's a slap in the face to me. I've never done drugs, thank the Lord by God's grace. But do I have that same zeal to memorize God's word. Renee was also a candidate for baptism in October of 2019. An amazing afternoon on a Sunday after church to baptize Renee, to be there, the church family on the beach watching. We ask you to pray for Juana. Juana is Natalia's mom, Renee's now separated wife. Renee, Natalia, myself, and the believers of Antofagasta, we are triangulating our prayers towards Juana. I would love to come back our next furlough if the Lord hasn't come and tell you the next chapter in this family's life. We're praying for Juana's salvation. Juana lives with Natalia, so every day Juana is seeing a different daughter. Natalia is parenting her son in a different way now, and it must be impacting her change, how she has transformed her life. Matter of fact, why don't you pray for the whole family?
The three young men here that you see with an icon on their chest. Natalia has three brothers. Renee, three sons. Pray for them and their significant others, wives or live-in girlfriends that they have. All of the brothers were at uh, Renee's baptism. One of the brothers specifically has mocked what has happened to Renee and, and, and Natalia, but is at least courteous enough to show up to the baptism. Pray for the whole family. Um, we know that the Lord can transform all of them and call them to himself. Pray for us as we continue to try to be faithful in presenting the gospel and living out the gospel in the church in Antofagasta and praying for this one family. This is one family of many that we could share with you that the Lord has changed or we're praying that the Lord will change. Uh, exciting, exciting stuff. It's great to be on the front row seat watching the Lord work. And the Lord um, that I serve, you serve as well here in this area, and he can transform lives the same way here in Wichita Falls and surrounding area. John chapter 4, a great text to remind us about two examples. Perfect example of our Lord Jesus Christ in his intentional interaction with the lost. The example of the Samaritan woman in her enthusiasm of sharing a witness about the Messiah. Someone who had just transformed her life. May that be an encouragement slash challenge to us all. As we go into this new week. And even in this pandemic, we can and should be and act like disciples of Jesus Christ in our interaction with the lost. There are so many people in this area that need the Lord, right? So many people in Antofagasta that need the Lord. Let's pray for each other in this, in this task that we have to be messengers of Jesus Christ. Pray for our church people. Um, pray for Renee and Natalia. Joaquin is in Christie's Sunday school class. He's learning about the gospel and seeing changes in her mom, in his mom. We're praying for his salvation as well. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the power of the gospel and the sufficiency of scriptures. In these things, we trust in the ministry to. Um, change people's lives. Lord, help us to be usable vessels in your plan of salvation to um, make your name great among the nations and to share the gospel with those who need it. We're thankful for the opportunity this weekend to share with, what, with these dear folks what you have been doing for the last three years in Antofagasta. I would, I would hope that it would be an encouragement to them and a challenge uh, for them to continue or start the same things in their lives here in this area where we know that there are many needy people as well. Pray that this church will continue to stand on the word of God and be salt and light in this dark and decaying world. Give us a wonderful afternoon. Um, help us to meditate more on this passage and to apply it to our lives and to obey. 
pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.